0: M.R.O. stood at the juncture between the forest and savannah, two entirely different worlds. He hesitated, uncertain where his next footsteps should take him. The Athala, Charles Saunders. Hello and
1: welcome to another episode of Rogues in the House. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, a pretty cool topic, actually. We're going to talk about... Uh, the author and the life and the works uh, of the author Charles Saunders. Um, And I'm kind of coming in with a little bit of a more uh, somber and normal approach because as many of you know, uh, he did pass away um, last year. I think it was around May or so. Uh, In a lot of ways, though, that news did not come out for, uh, for quite some time, and we'll talk about that. Um, but, you know, this is, is going to be a, an interesting topic. It's going to be a, a pretty cool topic to, to dig into. Uh, but before we get into that, let's introduce the old co-hosts. Mr. Logan, how are you doing today? What's crack a Alex? Hey, I am doing well. I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there.
2: Good. We got
1: a, like a foot of snow. And speaking oh. of snow, what about my Canadian brother, Mr. Matthew?
2: We, too, got snow. Probably the same storm, being that we're uh, sort of on the same coast uh, or thereabouts, right? Yep. Yep. We got about a foot dumped on us. We got about 30 centimeters. Oh, okay. Which, for our Americans, is... Nonsensical.
1: Yes, it is. It is.
2: I don't know. What talking
0: me about them nonsensical <laughs> centimeters.
2: Centimeter. I, <laughs> I got called a monarchy lover when someone got cross with me on Facebook. I thought that was funny. So oh wow! I, I loves me. I loves me insult. my <laughs> centimeters. <That's, laughs> such, that's, oh my god! He monarchy was from, he was from Texas, which I found your uh, your imperial funny. measurements. No, oh. is that a Texas insult? Uh, that's funny. <laughs>
0: That's many. a
2: good one. I love my Texans. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah, I actually just finished shoveling that snow. I got one of those ergonomic uh, shovels, you know, where it doesn't rip your back to shreds. Logan's I do. Logan's nodding
1: along yeah, as I know what that shoveled is. snow. Yep, we have many of those. How much I used snow to get use one when in? I
0: was a kid for the driveway in Nebraska, and I didn't nice. find it any more comfortable than a regular... Uh, Um, shovel but it's possible that 16 year old me was using it wrong
2: well i I think it's uh however it's working is working well for me i think maybe because i'm taller so it's like i'm not stooping and it made a hell of a difference to be honest
0: nice nice so
2: you need to talk shovels uh we're gonna do our shovel podcast (laughs) Uh,
0: the most sword and sorcery shovels
2: aptly named the shovel cast what was the one we our fake podcast we made there last time? We did have a good one. I don't remember yeah. what it was. Yeah. It was yeah, a good I one. remember. <laughs> it must you have been really Let us know in the notes because we don't remember like, anything we said. Station- no, it was dry eraser. <laughs> oh yes, that's, <laughs> that's right. It, that's <laughs> the it. Dry, dry eraser
1: erase podcast. podcast. That's right.
2: Review different uh, yeah, dry erasers. That was a good and one. We should expand it to the stationary podcast <laughs> or like you know, the staples yes. order podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway. The, yeah, op- so. the
1: office equipment cast <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I use a snowblower I'm gonna kind of uh, just get in there with you And, and tell you ooh, yep.
2: Yeah I, uh, Fancy. I don't my, my driveway doesn't warrant one mm. um, And usually the way the storms blow in There's not much in the driveway It's just what's sort of at the edge So yeah, yeah if I had a long driveway I would definitely invest in one
1: It warrants one and I love it So, yeah. so take that
2: Okay cool yeah. Screw you, snow.
1: <laughs> so, what else is going on, guys?
2: In the, the the grips of winter, and uh, after a long, long year,
0: here we are. School district politics that I don't want to get into. <laughs> All right, well, I
2: wouldn't. I wouldn't on your public podcast. Yeah,
1: I don't think you should. <laughs> yeah. And and we've made a a, a pact to be. Uh, yeah. Positive Pete's. That's right. So you got to be a positive Peter there, Logan. Positive, positive yep. Peter. You yep. got it. Not a lamenting Logan. Yep.
0: Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was yeah.
1: Touche. Very
2: quick wit. That's why he hosts this show. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: yes. All right. Uh, so, yeah, why don't we, I mean, if, uh, you know, the pleasantries are, are through and through, why don't we move on to our good old bazaar of the bazaar? Love doo-doo, it. Doo-doo, doo-doo, <laughs> <laughs> they did a Wayne's World um, SNL like another skit recently. I didn't see yeah. it.
2: Did uh, they do it for a Super Bowl commercial? Yeah, or I think
1: so. Something like that. I didn't catch it though.
2: No. I don't watch the game. This is one day after, after the Super Bowl by the way. I'm uh, a monarchy lover okay? Yep. I just watch like rugby and cricket. And, you have uh, the CFL? Canadian yeah. Football League? The <laughs> The worse than the NFL league. Yeah, right? it's
0: it's got a bigger <laughs> field. You guys are hockey people, though. Like everything I know about Canada, I learned from Letterkenny.
2: Yeah, it's so,
1: accurate.
0: The shows yeah. accurate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they have um, a, a great um, wrestling community as well. Canadians seem to love their wrestling. You guys grow like really good wrestlers.
2: Oh yeah, sometimes uh, down at the Spry Dome, there uh, down from my house. You—it's uh, not actually called the Spry Dome. It's a bit of a pejorative, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I literally went there and watched Bret Hart like yeah. wrestle the guy. Yeah, uh, like cool. three, like uh, probably four years ago now. Oh, like yeah. so recently? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's just weird, but uh, yeah, it's kind go. of
1: tough watching the older guys. But I mean, I'm sure they they still love it, and honestly, they're still better than I could ever be, even at oh
2: a, yeah. He put a guy in a sharpshooter. It was pretty sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> oh. so there you go. You pay. You pay your fifteen yep. bucks. Guy in a sharpshooter. You had a good time. That's what you're saying <laughs> at the Sprite Dome. So, uh, in the bazaar of the bazaar, Logan found. You want me to I just put you right go on the spot. first. Yeah. Do wow. It. Um, good transition. Yeah. Okay. Like that. So
0: I have a couple things. I have a couple things. Um, real quick, just because. Um, I feel like it's necessary. Uh, there is a Conan gaming group Discord that Matt does not uh, run at all. What? what he he pops in sometimes, <laughs> but it was officially sanctioned by one of the more active members, um, specifically to try and get people online playing Age of Conan. Um, I think we have maybe eight or nine guild members. Okay, so if that is something you're interested in, um, I'll put the link to that um, in the show notes when we're done. Um, Just throw that out there. We can. We're all over the world, so I've never actually played with any of the buddy anybody that's in the guild because, like, (laughs) Jordan is in I think Ireland. Like, we're way off, right? So we just kind of play, and sometimes we talk to each other. But you know, the more people, the better. So, so do that. Um, if you if you are into gaming, the second thing is also gaming related. So Jason Ray Carney, the um, editor over at Whetstone, suggested that I that I play the, the PC game Hexen because it's really good. And I'm I did. I got it for five dollars on GOG.com. It's so good. I, yeah, it's yeah. difficult. Like a lot of puzzles are obscure, and I'm just not smart enough for that. So I had to look up a couple of these like obscure clues. But like I played a fighter; he's got like a Thor's hammer, like a lightning axe, like a sword that shoots fireballs. It's rad.
2: It looks very sword and sorcery,
0: like old yeah, school. Yeah,
1: uh, um, I'm trying stuff, to piece but... together how you got it to run.
0: So it actually runs very well. Um, it's it looks like it's some kind of dos emulator from the box um like if i paid five dollars for it i think it runs on some kind of dos box right thing right but i downloaded it's a mod called z doom which runs doom and like a higher or doom engine games at a higher resolution gives it like a better graphics and stuff sure yeah
2: i've Um, used that i think i've used it for like uh, brutal doom before yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. Um, there's a few versions like there's a gz doom that has actual 3d stuff in the doom engine mm-hmm. um, but uh i played it that way and it, it runs very nicely it loads fast really smooth you can use mouse look um from reading on the forums when you buy it on like the DOSBox version it, the mouse isn't compatible because they didn't have that when it originally mm-hmm. came out so mouse look made it made it very an easy transition for me as a modern gamer who didn't play those kinds of games when they came out. So,
2: That's cool. I feel like we'll see in an, another year or two they might announce a, a redo of, of Hexen or Heretic.
0: I would hope so, because like, like I like the idea of a fantasy shooter. Like That's yeah. fun. Yeah, like, it's there's cool. not a lot of those.
2: No, exactly. I agree. I think I, I played that game originally on Nintendo 64. Right, it had a
0: port for there the There was 64.
2: a version. Yeah. It was actually pretty sweet. I think you could co-op... I might be wrong maybe. about that but yeah. maybe you could i don't know so it's
0: got like three classes there's a fighter a cleric yeah. and a wizard and they each have their own weapons like it's, it's yeah. cool stuff yeah it
2: was a, it was a cool and game And it was five
0: dollars like... like five dollars is nothing i got five dollars worth of enjoyment in one playthrough so
2: yeah totally so <laughs> that's you, fine. That's what uh, i've been doing well that's hey man old school yeah. and yeah. you've been playing yeah Age of Conan, that's old school.
1: Yeah, so you went yeah.
2: back to Age of Conan then. I mean,
1: Yeah, I've played it
0: many times. Um yeah, yeah. It's wow, hard to wow. get, it's not it's not a popular game, it never was, like but there's some some good design choices in that game. Oh, yeah. Not just on like a Conan type like level, like good game design choices that you don't find in other MMOs. Um Yeah. yeah. And,
2: the combat was cool.
0: Yeah, combat was cool. Um, like, the entire first 20 levels has, like, a real voiced story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's it's good stuff. Um, yeah, so. I
2: mean, I, I've got fond memories of stomping around those. Uh, just, I mean, even if it's... It doesn't feel like an MMO to me, actually.
0: Right, right. I,
2: I don't I don't get that same grindy vibe. Like, there's just so many things you could do. It was a huge game. And uh, for real... Um, I told Jordan who's running the uh who's running the Discord with my blessing, um, that I really may hop on there at some point. I just I've been, you know, doing a lot of different projects yeah, yeah. and time's tough, but uh yeah, I, I love the idea of Definitely. it. Yeah. Alex, what'd you find at the Bazaar? Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see, me, 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 me. Yeah. Um, I well, I kind of uh, buried the lead a little bit when I when I posted on it um, on the on the Facebook page. Uh, but uh, Doom Metal band Acid Mammoth—that's my pick for uh, for this time around. Uh, I am super into these guys. Their newest album uh, was uh, last year, um, and what's it called? Under Acid Hoof. Uh, you know, if you—that's
0: a rad, babe. Yeah. The
1: so first of all, the 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 cover art is so good. It's a big mammoth, obviously, with a bunch yeah. of like uh, cloaked uh, druidish looking looking people under like a red sky. So good, really, really good. And it's got like the, a good heavy early uh, early Sabbath kind of sound, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. and I asked Matt to check it out too. Matt, you, did you check it out?
2: I did. Um, I did a little during one of my workouts. I popped it on. I thought it was pretty rad.
1: Yeah, not a good workout uh, band, for
2: sure. No. That that two metal is very slow. Yeah, tempo is low, uh, or uh, slow, rather. Yep. Um, But, uh, you know, I did did like what I was hearing. Uh, I will probably return to it. I love that it's called Acid Mammoth. And these bands, they're running out of, like, uh, the band titles that will quickly identify what they're about you know yeah maybe they're maybe they're not running out but you know you hear acid mammoth i'm pretty much that is doom metal for sure yep,
1: yep. <laughs> they have a uh, one of the tracks on uh under acid hoof is uh called tree of woe which is actually one of my favorite tracks and not just because of the name but uh it is, it's like such a good track it's, whoa yeah of really, whoa um, one other cool one other cool anecdote about them actually that I found out um, is the uh, the lead guitarist is uh, the father of the uh, of the lead singer and the rhythm guitarist so there's like you know good whatever 20 20, 20 25 year difference at least uh, between the yeah. two but I think that that's so cool that like mm. he, you know the kid obviously grew up listening to Sabbath and whatever else with his dad. And his dad probably played and influenced, you know, you get that growth and good, like that's good parenting right there. And then at some point he grows up and he's like, Hey, let's form a doom metal band together, dad. (laughs) And, And that's awesome. To me, that's awesome. That's so cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would not dispute that.
1: I think that I think that's fun. I think it's a cool little anecdote, and they rock. Um, I don't know. Most most people probably aren't into the doom metal scene like I am, but uh, uh, I don't know. Check it out if you if you're into that.
2: Okay. I mean, I did, and I will. I will check out more Acid Mammoth. I'm a big Mastodon fan, but oh, yeah. I still have I, love I still have room for for more mammoths and and mastodons in my uh, music queue
1: and and mastodons a different haha, no pun intended a different beast Um, (laughs) musically they are way different yeah
0: i'm not even really into metal which everyone knows but if your band is named after some kind of megafauna like i'll probably be at least mildly interested
2: I, Speaking of metal, it sounds like Logan put his voice through a guitar pedal. Yeah,
1: Logan, you might sorts. want to drop and then come right back on. Yeah, um, okay. Because you yeah. are definitely getting in and out, um, but no, I hear you. I mean, if you if you have a good um, a good name and you got a good um, like a you know Stone Age type uh, imagery going on with your with your band there. Uh, I think it's not not a bad thing. I'm just I'm not just vamping to try to get Logan time before he gets back on, folks.
2: No, no. I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> it's metal and and all that stuff yeah. goes together really well. Oh, but I mean, there's I a saying, reason
1: we were talking about Mastodon. So yeah, Mastodon just they're so different, right? Because they got oh, yeah. like they are very very um, intense tempos most of the time. Yeah. They're um, proggy too. Yeah, they're pretty. They can be pretty proggy. They use like like very mixed time signatures. Mm-hmm. um if i remember um oh what the heck's the one about moby dick i'm, I'm forgetting uh, leviathan yeah leviathan thank you uh, and um hearts alive that that yeah. time, like that song is unbelievable and yeah, the man. the uh the tempo is like it changes all over the place time signatures change um
2: oh Lo- logan would love it they got a song called megalodon yep megalodon yep
0: i, I do yeah. love that
2: it rips so, but yeah, that whole, that whole album made me read. Uh, I actually picked up Moby Dick and read it when I worked at a smoke shop, oof. <laughs> <laughs> like for cigarettes. Uh, yep. For, yeah. I'm in Canada, so I must. Uh, I must, uh, you know, be specific, I suppose.
1: <laughs> but yes, uh, Acid Hoof is a very different feel for sure. It's definitely a very plotting, uh, plotting tempo. You know, very tuned down guitars. Acid Mammoth right?
2: What did I say? You said acid hoof. Yeah, acid
0: mammoth. I'm getting
2: lost in all of these. uh... Too much acid. (laughs) Too much acid. Acid elephants is just too much. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we'll move on to me. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I had a couple of ideas, but I'm going to go with um, something I started watching this evening. Um, Disclaimer, I did not finish it. You know, children happened. A driveway needing to be shoveled happened. But uh, I'm watching this movie called Psycho Gorman. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was loving it, man. I watched about the first hour. And it's about this uh, alien champion of evil being uh, basically comes to Earth and a girl and her brother, um, well, mostly her, the, the, um, the little girl gets control of this thing through an amulet, okay? And this guy's like an all-powerful being, like full prosthetic suit, demonic creature. And, you know, he's hell-bent on all destruction and would, you know, kill them all if, if, if she didn't command him with this gem. But of course she does, and so like hilarity ensues, and it's very much a, um, almost like a—I don't even know what you'd compare it to. This is like a
1: horror comedy.
2: Yeah, it's actually something like it'd be like Monster Squad. Or, yeah,
1: yeah. This looks like, like it has somewhere between Monster Squad to it
2: and like. Uh, it's crazier though, and it's it's more adult, um, even though Monster Squad isn't really for kids so much well, in, the, in the 80s it was yeah yes. man um i was loving it uh so far and i don't really want to say too much um other than there's some really cool practical effects the gore yeah, effects say, are awesome
0: the trailer looks like great practical effects. I, I mean i just love practical effects so
2: yeah of course um they even do some stop motion in there
0: Oh wow!
2: Some, some cool, like old school. Uh, I love it. I don't know. You can tell it's not like huge budget, but it's not one of those like it's a movie where they're smart with it. Like nothing stands out as like just poor. Um, it's all you know, smart creative decisions. Isn't uh, it
0: made by the people who did the Void?
2: Yeah, I think I heard that, and the Void was awesome,
0: actually. Yeah, I like the Void.
2: But tonally, this is this is this is different. Um, anyways, I'm gonna finish it. Uh, I imagine it it will remain pretty awesome. But uh, I recommend that the he's from the planet Gygax, which was
1: that's obviously awesome, yeah.
2: obviously a reference to Gary. Um, yeah, so it's a Canadian. It's, on, it's uh, a Canadian film. Too. Yeah, that's probably why it's so awesome. Yeah, the the truth is, I actually didn't research it at all. I just heard it was good, yeah. and it's on Shudder. And I started watching it. Speaking of uh, random Canadian
1: stuff, I don't have you ever seen Todd and the Book of Pure Evil?
0: Uh, Heard of it? It's so
1: good, and I it used to be on Netflix. It's not on anywhere. It was so funny.
2: I lost my mind when
1: I saw it. It was so good.
2: Yeah, we do some good stuff in Canada sometimes. Yeah. Actually, I would say Psycho Gorman's a little bit like. my buddy's film Hobo with a Shotgun it's got a bit of that you know just absurd and crazy vibe um, but I funny like funny and violent
0: you yeah, know a guy who did Hobo with a Shotgun yeah, yeah we've yeah, been yeah, through this
2: yeah yeah. Jason I went to film school with uh, I huh. Jason I remember that. John cool. the writer yeah yeah man we Canadians we bring the talent <laughs> Matt, in the, Matt in the lives German many accent, lives apparently Matt lives many are.
1: lives. He's he's been alive for centuries. Yeah, yeah. And... I am
0: uh, I am an immortal. Yes, Subsisting. he'd be the villain in a sword and sorcery thing if he wasn't such a nice Canadian.
2: <laughs> Maple syrup is my power. <laughs> the syrup, remove the syrup. That was a that was a crappy Conan the Destroyer reference. <laughs> So, speaking so, uh, of
1: Canadian sword and sorcery, should we move on to our main topic?
2: Yes. See how I weave that in right there? That was pretty good. Yeah, that was a yeah. good segue. That was pretty that good. That was clever. Though, though not, ex- not, not born Canadian. Yeah, but, we'll stop. Uh, we will, it. Was we good. will adopt. Yes. We will adopt. You it. need, to, you yeah, need I feel to, like
0: you can
2: claim. Yeah, yeah you can, can, can
1: claim, and you need to give credit to the good transition
2: it's it a fantastic transition Alex Thank Now you. keep it going bring us in
1: all right well I'm, now that we've called out a transition it's a bad transition that's how transitions work
2: Wow yeah
1: so I think I think before we get into this though we should probably have uh, a little bit of a disclaimer um, I'll, I'll kind of uh, say it for the group and then you guys can all sort of chime in with um, with what you feel on this um, we are not Charles Sanders uh, sorry, Charles Saunders, um, scholars. We have, uh, I think Logan has probably read the most of his stuff, which is I think pretty much every Imaro book that he could get his hands on. I have one under my belt and Matt, I think you have maybe a little smattering as well, right?
2: Yeah. I read, um, I've read a few, um, and I read the, honestly, the truth was it was really hard for me to get my hands on it for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. I had first read one of his stories in, The Lynn Carter-edited Year's Best Fantasy Stories, Volume 3. And I read The Pool of the Moon, which I friggin' loved.
0: Yeah, it's a good one.
2: And also in um, an Andrew Offit, Swords Against Darkness 4, I also read... um, What is it called? Uh, My Kulala. Which really had me... Trying not to sing along with my Sharona when I was reading it. <laughs> a few occasions popped in my head.
1: But, but you know, like, listen, you know, he, he, he passed last year, right? So, this is one of yep. the reasons why we wanted to do this, this episode. We may not be uh, super scholars on his work, but, um, you know, we, we know his sword and sorcery a little bit anyway. Uh, and to not at least, um, give a little bit of a tribute seemed wrong. Um, mm. So we wanted to just make sure that we dedicated some time to talk about what we do know, what we like uh, and the work and life of this man.
2: Mm. So and truthfully, we, we had discussed um, covering Imaro uh, a while back. Yeah. Um, when we started doing the show, yeah. I thought we did. Uh, we
1: didn't do an, an Amaro episode.
2: No, 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 no. We did. No. Um, Yeah, so, and actually now, I I was able to get my hands on, it was in Amazon.ca, I could not get these, those first two volumes that they collected, I think in 2006, they came out, Um, but I have them now, and I've been working my way through um, the first of them. So, if you haven't uh, gotten these books, and you listen to our show, um, spoiler alert, we really like these stories. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So perhaps we will just give a sense of who Charles Saunders is and why he absolutely matters in the grand scheme of uh, sword and sorcery. Yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. So um, Charles Saunders started with the Amaro stories, um, getting them published in small presses. So, um, you know, not, not the major publications, and I think he did that for around ten years before they would be collected into a novel. And um throughout that time, obviously he was uh not as successful you know, as something like Conan or um Michael Moorcock. But um there's something that's been enduring about these stories. And when I first started, when I first started, um putting my ear to the ground in the sword and sorcery community it was something that came up from time to time. But the truth is um, just very difficult to get my hands on.
0: So um, I guess Saunders starts off with the small press, right? Um, he appears in a couple little publications and magazines, but I think I, his, his real start, I think he as a kid, he enjoyed Conan, as many people did, right, and um, obviously he's an African American or Canadian man, and he didn't see himself represented in the stories that he loved. So his he actively sought to create a character that mimicked the feel of the things he loved, but showed African culture people ideas um in that side of fiction um and that's kind of where amaro was born and i think amaro is probably his biggest um most recognizable there are four books um one two three and four i think two three and four all have subtitles i think there's quest for kush um the nama war is fairly recent I'm missing one in there, um, but but they're all um, – he had some publication troubles, right? With
2: Yeah, one of the big issues I think was um, once, once he got – the first volume came out, there was a lull between when the second one came out, and by the time the second one came out, uh, Quest for Kush, the first volume was out of print. So essentially, you're not, yeah. you know, you can't um, bring in new readers to start at volume two. Um, so they attribute that to being a bit of uh, a bit of the issue there.
0: And there was some marketing issues because they directly referenced Tarzan on yeah. a, on on a like a little blurb on the front cover of the first one, and the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate did not appreciate that. No, so. And I think that's part of why... I think
2: that, I think that might have had to do with uh, perhaps the uh, the delay.
0: Right, right. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, again, you know, we're, we're <laughs> so often on this show, there will be certain details we don't get uh, all the way correct. But, um, man, just from, uh, like like I said, I read a few of those stories a couple of years ago. Um, but having going back through them, I don't know if I just I haven't read Sword and Sorcery for a while or if these just truly hit the spot for me, but they did. Um I kind of just want to give a few of my impressions here. Please. Yeah. Um so the ones that I I I ended, I, re-re- bleh, I reread the ones from the two anthologies which are kind of just out of order displaced, but they totally I mean, hey, it's Sword and Sorcery, right? Right. Yeah. in the same vein mm-hmm. as Conan and other stories you're kind of just reading it free of chronology and it totally worked so I really liked those ones especially the Pool of the Moon um, just a classic sword and sorcery story where you know starts out, fights some dudes, finds a girl there's a demon swim through an underwater cavern fight a creature <laughs> you know, all, all those sorts of hits, right? the kind of quintessential things you want from a good sword and sorcery story. And so now,
0: I, since you're mentioning this, cause you said yeah. the title, um, when they republished the stories in volume one and two under nightshade press,
2: mm-hmm. in know,
0: six and oh eight, he changed the titles.
2: Right. So, yeah, I was actually looking through this for, for stories. There's actually not a table of contents, right? Yeah. For, I was expecting to see oh I'll just jump ahead to this story or not but no they're very much novels yeah um, yeah yep. uh, sh- short stories that that create a novel which in and of itself is damn cool right you know I, I like I like the idea that it's um, you can read the what is I guess now the Imaro
1: book book one mm-hmm. and yeah. it is it reads as though it is a cohesive and complete novel. To your point, mm. like it is, like you would never know, you would never ever have known the difference because each of those stories really just transfer the timeline very appropriately. And you don't feel like there's any gaps or anything like that. It just feels like it is, and, and they reference each other.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it is quite a feat in and of itself. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. And, um, I, I think I want to just get it out of the way early on that, um, well and we talked about this too, was that you can see the Robert E Howard influence here for sure, right um but it's it's it in some cases it it feels i think it more so just you can just feel the appreciation for that kind of storytelling mm-hmm. yeah, and something that was really refreshing to me about this. Was that the origin story, which I know we've talked on the show before, how we don't necessarily like an origin story. This one was, had a lot of heart for me. And, um, it was almost emotional where usually in sword and sorcery stories, that's not what I'm getting. It's not what I'm looking for. Right. But the story about his, his mother and how he's like a son of no father. Yep. And he's an outsider, um, even with his own people, um, the fact that he he's so passionate about his uh, uh, shoot, I can't remember the name of those things now. Essentially, his his horned beast, his yeah, his, his like bull. Like yep. water buffalo, yep. yeah, yep. his buffalo. Yep. I mean, I had feelings about that. Well, what's and,
1: what what works in a uh, kind of like a constructive literary way is that you get a origin story, but you don't get all of it. Mm. Right. And you, yeah. and, and what I mean by that is you get a lot of like the real details of his growing up and his life and sort of what makes him into a man. But you have hanging over you the son of no father
2: mm-hmm.
1: and who is the father and what does that mean? And like, wh- why is he a, like a cut above everybody else? And you don't get that like that. Mm. That's like that's a good origin story because it keeps you engaged and wanting to get a little bit more about. You know, you you get the sense that you're going to find out at some point that his father is you know something something big, right? Yeah, something yeah. out of you this do, world.
0: You do end up getting an answer in three and four. That's and what I a mean. Separate story. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I mean. Um, like, but it's through- good buildup.
1: Through book one, you don't yeah. get it, and you don't know when you're going to get it, but you feel like you might get it at some point, right? When you're when you're going through that first book, now that's an origin story because you're getting the mundane, uh, quote unquote, mundane details um, of his life and sort of what builds his character, yeah. but you're never getting the big reveal of who he really is. Mm. I
2: think
0: what does we're his what does his... oh, go ahead, Matt.
2: Well, no, I'm. So what is this Do you remember what his mother says to him it's repeated a few times something about I've left you with a warrior uh, something like that I don't know man there was just a lot of pathos in this story yeah. uh it it <laughs> as i say it was more touching than i'd expected from mm-hmm. a you know a sword and sorcery tale
0: Um i think what's really cool so as sword and sorcery you've talked before we don't typically gravitate towards things that get epic in scope um, Having read the four, it does get epic, but Saunders has this way, and I don't know if we want to call it pacing or whatever, but like Alex was saying, you're, a mystery is alluded to, mm-hmm. and he feeds just enough information throughout the four books until the big reveal that it's just you, you want to read more. I, it's it's masterful work. Yeah.
1: This is this um, is like digging into a gigantic bowl of ice cream, right? You just like want to keep spoon-feeding it in as you go. Yeah. <laughs> you like that one. Huh? That's exactly like how a, I eat ice. cream. Like, yeah, no, like a thing of Ben and Jerry's, you know, it's like really really good and you just can't stop. And you're like, "Oh, just one more yeah. bite, one more bite."
2: <laughs> Except I feel nourished after reading these yeah. stories I'm <laughs> not like I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah and uh maybe it should be said too i've seen the you know this sort of genre and i think it's sort of retroactively titled sword and soul yeah um there's a that's what he called it that um not him but um
0: milton davis yeah i know
2: i know milton davis um uh sort of he publishes under that banner um, under that title which is i think it's a i think it's great yeah um in the in the in a recent New York Times article, which we'll kind of touch on a little later. um he also calls it that as well. So I kind of just wanted to clarify that when I'm saying sword and sorcery. if If we want to call this sword and soul, um, I'm happy to do so for sure. Sure.
0: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that i I really, really enjoyed about this is that it turns a lot of things that we expect from sword and sorcery on its head um specifically there were two things that, that come out real big for me um when we think of the word barbarian a mm. lot of the time we'd gravitate towards like cold climates horned helmets um stuff like that but his breed of barbarian so to speak comes from a hot savanna deserty like grassland mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which is the complete opposite of when we think of like samaria in reference to Conan, um, that's super cool to me. It just kind yeah. of shows the breadth of what that term can mean. Um, well, that,
2: that brings up a whole list of things for me. So, yeah, I mean, just on its surface, the idea of setting here, um, I'm attracted to that because it's, it's different than a lot of what you're going to get elsewhere. Yeah. But it's also, it's so rich and I'm only, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface and I'm really understanding all the, um, you know, the different terms like the Iliasai, and I'm probably not pronouncing those properly.
1: Nope, you got Iliasai, right? Yep.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a rich mythology and reading about it too, this is not, it's not the dark continent Africa that you get in so many other stories, right? Especially from earlier time periods um and there was also an effort made to not have you know him be a character because of because he's black he's struggling against certain things it's that he it's his own story and his own identity right mm-hmm. yeah because publishers at the time were expecting certain things from black writers and speculative fiction writers um and this it seemed bucks that trend um and so i just I, I'm I'm personally just very excited to um, dig in more to this mythos that he's he's put here because yeah the other thing is too Africa is a continent right it's 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 rich in
0: diverse
2: yeah, exactly and and diverse in all the different um, all kinds of different myths right and from what I've read so far from the forewords uh, in this book it seems like. Saunders drew from so many of them and he really knew his stuff. Yeah. And then he basically made this awesome salad out of it. Yeah. Yep. No, not a salad. Salads suck. <laughs> <He'd>, uh, <laughs> what did he make? I don't know. A big thing of Ben and Jerry's. A big thing of a big I mean, bowl of <laughs> um, uh, nutritious ice cream that you're going to feel good after eating. I, I,
0: there, I, like, I think a lot of his decisions um, were very conscious. Um, I don't know if you guys have delved too far into book two. I know Alex hasn't gotten far. Yeah, not too Matt, far. Matt, have you?
2: I I don't know what stories That's are fair. in there. Um, um, like I may have the two I read might have been there. The two I read outside of volume one might have been there. I don't know.
0: Solid. Um, yeah. the very first story originally published called "City of Madness." I don't want to ruin it for you guys, which because it's yeah, so don't. good, it's my favorite one. Um, it really twists the idea of what we think of when we think of, like, Atlantis in Sword and Sorcery. Mm, it's okay. in there. Um, and it twists the idea of, like, colonization of Africa, which, you know, plays into, obviously, Saunders' breadth of knowledge. Um, and the second story, the one right after that in book two, shows, like, magnificent, bustling port cities that clearly have contact with some kind of India, Um it's very culturally rich. There's an Asian character, like he's he's literally a monk. He's like a kung fu monk. Um, and it's so good and that means a lot coming for me because I don't like monks <laughs> at all.
1: <laughs> yeah that, that's awesome looking. Um I, you know there are two there are two themes that I want to bring up at least in in the, what I've read. Um which I think differs from what we normally feel like we see in sword and sorcery to an, to an extent. Um, but, but I think it's so cool. And the first is, is he, he's constantly, and I think they're related, but the first is he, he's always on that, that constant quest for who he is and sort of mm-hmm. like, like the desire, you get the sense that like, Imaro has a desire for acceptance, right? And because he's not accepted by his people, um, by the I. and you know, every time he goes to try to get acceptance, it feels like he doesn't quite find it, right? And yeah. um, it sort of it, it sort of causes him to be that that rover in, in some ways, and I and I find that a little bit uh, Conan ish, uh, but it feels different. It feels very different. Right. And, and the other mm-hmm. and the other thing that that is, is related with this is that. He loses a lot, in the sense that, like, when he wins, he always there's always like a loss in there somehow. Right. And
0: either like he gets pushed out of his own tribe, yeah. Or the other people he ends up, um, I don't. Disappointing isn't quite the right word, but he gets exiled from another group of people. Yeah, some, something. Like he can never find his place in the world.
1: Something that he values in one way or another, be it a person or something or, or acceptance. He loses it even in even in his victory, and I think that that is so deep and so rich compared to a lot of the other sword and sorcery
0: that I've seen, yeah, I would agree with that I think that's really cool it's oh go ahead matt
2: I no i i to... mean i was just I'm just agreeing like it feels more um like there's more of a continuity, more of an emotional continuity with the character
1: right. yeah yep,
2: um yeah which is, yeah, it's refreshing. I mean, I, I really, I feel like this just sort of came to me at the right time. I needed, uh, I'd been reading, you know, a little more longer novels and somewhat lost in terms of what I was rereading some Cormac McCarthy. Um, and then this, it yeah, just kind of came in and it was like, it was exactly what I wanted.
1: And what's cool yeah. too is that it doesn't, it never weakens him either. Either of those those points that I made. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's not yeah. weaker for it. You just sort of like, it sort of just gets you in the feels a little bit. You kind of just are like, wow. Yeah. You know, he, he wins, but he loses.
2: Yeah, and he is he's still unabashedly like a uh, sword and sorcery yeah, character. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's, he's yeah. hard as yeah. nails, mm-hmm. uh, super strong. Um, he doesn't um,
0: laugh. So this is another thing from my my the second book. Um there's a line um where one of his his companions um point out at the end like he laughs like he's never laughed before. I did read that
1: part. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um and, and that's the truth. Like he had nothing he had no joy in his life. Right. Um for a long long time. Mm-hmm. Um in many way like he's relatable as a person like finding your own identity finding a place to fit in those are things that like everyone goes through at some point in their life um whereas like conversely wandering around in search of treasure and money like conan does is not necessarily something most people experience right so there is kind of like a more human connection to Mm -hmm. Amaro as a character Mm
1: -hmm. And, and, and actually i will i will say um the the theme that I've kind of touched upon is a very Elric theme as well, right? Elric has the yeah. sort of like, "Hey, I win, but I lose all the time" sort of sort of thing going on, and he doesn't fit. So, so I will say, you know, out of the maybe the the two of the big three do kind of exhibit this, uh, but again, this is this feels very different. This feels very very relatable, um, and I don't know. I just it, it stuck with me. It was very. It was a big impression.
2: Mm-hmm. I just found a passage here from this is from Charles Saunders' own um, Revisiting Amaro, which is in Volume 1 just a little bit about sort of his approach um, with Amaro, so he says Amaro would be the anti-Tarzan and the setting in which his story unfolded would be an alternate world Africa rather than a, an imaginary, imaginary prehistoric era of the earth we know as was the case in Howard's Hyborian Age and Tolkien's Middle Earth. Imaro's Africa, which I named Nyambani, would serve as an antidote to the negative stereotypes about the so-called Dark Continent that crept advertently and inadvertently into the fantasy world of far too many other writers. I think that's a very
0: important passage.
2: Yeah, I think it is too. Um, And it's important that... uh, (laughs) It's important to note that Charles Saunders is a black author too, right? And he clearly felt the need to, to write it this way. Um, and I think without his contributions, how much longer would it have been since we, how long, how much longer would it take to get that sort of vision? Right. I mean, obviously it, 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 today's world, right. And, 2020, we see things, um, these sort of diverse depictions and we welcome them. Right. And they're, you know, something like black Panther's a huge hit.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah. and
2: it offers a, mm-hmm. a, a sort of fantasy that, um, we hadn't seen before, certainly not in a, a budgeted film like that. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And, so, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that most people who listen to this show are familiar with, with uh, with Saunders and, and Amaro. Uh, but I do want to, for people who don't know, most of this was published in the 80s. So I, I think just kind yeah. of like putting that that frame of, of reference in there of, yeah. you know, we're talking still, you know, here we are, uh, 20, 2021. Um, the world's progressed quite a bit, but back in the yeah. 80s, it wasn't quite, it was still pretty pigeonholed. And, you know, his influences come from, the 60s and 70s, right? Th- those are his formative years.
2: Right. And with that needing to be said, it also needs to be said that it is sad how little recognition by and large these stories have received. Yeah. Of course, oh, yeah. among, among the, the sword and sorcery crowd, you know, we're going to know about it. But it's still... When I read that New York Times article... Um, it was only a couple of weeks ago now. It like Yeah. And you should talk about that because that yeah we I need mean, to transition really, to that too. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, it just really saddened me. Um because and especially after starting to read these again, right? Like I'd only gotten my hands on a couple, which is also a testament to how little these things had been these stories had been in circulation.
0: Because they are hard I,
2: to get. That's they, what I mean. And I'm a guy who searches high and low for these things mm-hmm. I mean I you know if I really wanted them I would buy them off of a books or something right um, but in Canada anything shipping kind of sucks but the point is these two books I did purchase I purchased because those stories were in there because I'd heard about them through word of mouth but the fact that you know they were harder to get and is just kind of a testament to the whole issue right like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I so the the New York Times piece, reading that, and realizing that sometime last year he passed away, probably in May, I think it was. Um, he seemed to be not in good circumstances.
0: Yeah, didn't say Uh, like he was going to his local library to use internet. Yeah, Uh, I'm pretty sure that the word like penniless. Had been thrown. I, I read that somewhere. I don't know if it was a post. He he didn't make a ton of money from his writing. Mm-hmm. No, um, essentially he, is the 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 juxtaposition like, of this this whole thing.
2: Well, I think he he made his living mostly through working through the newspaper, newspaper. by the sounds yeah. of it. So yep. he moved to Canada, I think, in the eighties. I think he moved to Ontario first, and then to Nova Scotia, which is where uh, I currently well, where I've lived my whole life. I think he moved um, earlier
1: because I think the um, yeah he moved oh, to, yes, to was, Canada earlier because he was missing he was you know avoiding Vietnam
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: but I think Nova Scotia in the eighties I think is what you you're keying in on
2: yeah that's right um, and so he worked for a paper called the Daily News which is now defunct but uh, <laughs> I remember that paper and uh, I, I yeah so I think he would have made his money there and and the article sort of alludes to the fact that no one really knew him for his whole other life of being a speculative fiction writer um, which again it, it kind of blows my mind that this guy lives in the, he lived in the same city as me I'm into all this stuff I do a podcast about it I'm a huge fan and I just I had no idea so in some ways it's like these stories were out there they were enjoyed by those who read them like how do they how did they not I mean I guess we know right like as far as publication history and Mm -hmm. you know things got to sell and you know it's it's a sort of if you're not selling books then but I I don't know it just seems (laughs) it seems wrong when I read these now you know
0: yeah I would agree um
2: so from the um, the article it seems that like nobody um Nobody claimed him, you know, like he didn't have family, right? Um, and then essentially the government just kind of paid for the burial. And uh,
0: there was, um they, yeah, they I don't they, want to say Kickstarter, um, uh, was, it was a, a, Go, Go it was Fund a Fund Fund, for headstone?
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, essentially an unmarked grave, right? Is yeah. what we're talking about yeah. for this guy, yeah, which is really exactly. sad. Really, really.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying, and it's like, uh, you know, we, anyways. So, but with the GoFundMe, the plan I think is to do a headstone with a depiction of Amaro on it, Mm. which is totally rad. That's very cool. Yeah, that'll
0: be super sick.
2: Yeah, I mean, I will go. I I think they said they will do a a, some kind of little ceremony in May of this year, and of course, if they do, um, I will attend yeah because I can it's close by I don't yeah. often get these <laughs> yeah that's really cool yeah I mean I don't know. it's 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 uh it's sad, but it's awesome that and I mean here's here's the optimistic part, right you read these stories they feel very cinematic to me and yeah. there's the talk of a show being very on the cusp of happening and so I think ultimately things kind of come around in that now is, I think, objectively the perfect time to make a show like this. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, um, you know, producers are attracted to it. Audiences are attracted to it. Um, so it could end up being a huge thing there, right? And then in death, this guy will be remembered um, and this character will live on. And, you know, let's hope that happens.
1: I, I think also what's what's a positive to think about this is that uh, as you've said and many times to me and, you know, in our conversations and just, I think even on the podcast uh, ner- nerds rule the world, right. Yeah. That we, that yeah. we know and, and you can bet his influence has, has reached, yeah you know, and that's, that's a big part of it. And I think that that, you know, not everyone is always going to get their name in, in, in lights, right. That's right.
2: I, I yeah. mean, even, that's true. Think about Robert E. Howard; he died in yeah. The I mean, in late, fact, actually, in
1: you know, a lot of these folks are uh, unfortunately do pass um, yeah. unrecognized in their time to some degree. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's 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 up to the nerds yeah. to uh, to but, sort of help carry that on. But right?
1: that's where it is, and I mean, and I think you know the progression in the genre. I, I mean, we've so much have said it is is attributed in part to this uh to this author right i mean mm-hmm. and you know we we get where we are with small steps and he writes some monster stories and they propagate over time and they influence mm-hmm. thought and they help people you know expand their way of thinking and think of you know sword and sorcery sword and soul as a uh, an expanding genre one of the same two different whatever you want to call it uh, and then those people take to writing their own thing, and eventually become screenplay writers, and et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I um, think
2: I think it's just a little more melancholy now, just because the last year has been. It awful. is, yeah. I mean, it's it, in, in, in the that came to the yeah.
1: In, with all the passings of 2020, <laughs> like it's just another in the in line, and this one, you know, maybe uh, it's not the most high profile, but it is certainly one of the saddest. Uh, saddest tales that you can read, um, mm. and and I do you know I, you know I know the three of us have read this, but I do recommend um, you can find this uh, an article on him in the New York Times. Uh, it came out on uh, January twenty first of twenty twenty one, and it's essentially um, you know it's an obituary article more or less.
2: Yeah, um, but called. A Black Literary Trailblazer's Solitary Death yeah. Charles Saunders 73.
1: But, but it, it it is worth reading it really is.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a good um, piece. I I, I, I I
0: think that on another positive note um there very much is a, a a a body of working sword and soul authors um very much spearheaded I think by Milton Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, who recently re- released a new book? Um, that was reviewed on Blackgate Magazine. I'm sure many people are familiar with Blackgate Magazine online, mm. um, and uh, the reviewer just said it was just fantastic, sword and sorcery, like everything you'd want in sword and sorcery. Um, so yeah, I read
2: I read one of Milton's tales in uh, uh issue two of Skelos, I think.
0: Um, oh yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, it was cool, man. It was a great story. I have one I of his novels. Yeah. I have it's on my to
1: read pile. Uh yeah. but man, that, that pile's big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is.
2: Yeah. No. Well, you know, there's Is there always time for books? I hope so, man. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I, we have mentioned a couple times that his books Sa- Saunders books are a little difficult to to reach. Um or to get in your hands, so to speak. Um, the first the first book is available on Kindle in the new edition.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, actually, um, I, you can get the first book on Kindle. Uh, the first two, for sure, are narrated yep. on Audible. And they're Correct. very well done. I don't know if there's three and four are on Audible There is well. not. They're not, okay.
0: The only way to get three and four is through lulu.com. Um, which is like a self-publishing website uh, um, where it's Mm print-on-demand. So you can go to lulu.com where you can find three and four and a reprinting of one, but not two. And you can also find the two books about – he has a female warrior. Um, I'm going to say it's like DeSoye. I don't know how to pronounce Mm. it, unfortunately. I read Um, one
2: of those as well, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're supposed to be pretty good, too. Yeah. so they are a little scattered um and through the new editions the a couple stories have shifted and or disappeared um the one story that I I'm sure if you've read it you're lucky because I don't think you can access it anymore um it's called um Slaves of the Giant Kings
2: Oh yeah this and is the was, one yeah
0: yeah Saunders removed it from his first book because the Rwandan genocide happened, mm. and his story, like coincidentally, I believe, mirrored the events to a like unsettling degree. So yes. he no longer felt comfortable having that published. So it's just gone. Um, probably yeah, he, re- what he replaced he it
2: with another story, I think.
0: Um, it's um, the one with the big wooden head that explodes. Yeah yeah
2: yeah I mean the, and I think that it sounded like from his uh from his forward in the book that he just seemed pretty unsettled by that whole situation yeah. right yeah. um and can you imagine like it would uh it'd be tough like to even to remove something like that too because you wrote it 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 was your vision um but I think obviously with something of that sort of uh grim history that like Ravity. yeah right. he, he he, he knew it wasn't even a choice, like it had to be done.
0: Is it an interesting history. Um, it's a good sword and sorcery title, at the very least. Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah, it's pretty bad. But, um, <laughs> For sure, yeah. If I knew where to find it, like being, you know, in this modern age and knowing about the genocide and the terrible things that happened there, I would be interested to compare, you know, just out uh, from a pure history well, standpoint.
2: It was in the original, not like the original print. It it's like the Ken Kelly cover, right?
0: Right. But yeah, that one's yeah. really hard to find.
2: Oh, is it? Okay. It's really
0: expensive.
2: It's kind of a weak Ken Kelly cover, too.
0: That's the one where he's fighting the hippo man, Yeah, he's right? fighting yeah, hippo the, man, the hippo which man. Which I'm, I'm all about a hippo man. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. It's awesome. I actually think that's a depiction of the, the pool of the moon that you like so much. Because the yeah. demon is specifically uh, described as having the like the mouth of a hippo. Mm. Yeah, but it's got like. Yeah, quicks, it's nothing like the painting. Bar. Yeah, that's
2: just yeah. Ken Kelly being like hippo thing. All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what happened. <laughs> I don't care. I'm doing my own hippo man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the covers for the uh, for the night shade. Yeah,
0: nightshade press.
2: Dope. Yeah, I, I love the covers.
0: The, the covers for the original run of 2 and 3, Quest for Kush and Trail of Bohu is 3. They're mm. really good, too. I don't know the artist. Um, Trail of Bohu has, like, Amaro riding a war rhino. And that's just rad. There's not enough yeah. rhino riding in this. In- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, there's some good art associated with it. Like it has the right vibe. Everything you'd want from it.
2: Yeah, the jacket art was by Vince Evans, who did the cover for the uh, volume one, anyways.
0: I think he did two as well. Yeah, they're very similar style, so probably the same guy. Did I did I read um,
1: in that New York Times that that there's potentially a show in the works or they're trying yeah. to make that happen.
2: Yeah, no, it's from what? So it's a fella named, oh, what's his name? Uh, Kirksky?
0: Yeah, that's it. So.
2: Um, yeah, he, he. I think he met with Saunders there and they had, had done some correspondence. But it sounds like a show is like not that far off.
1: That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and yeah. as I say, it does. It kind. It doesn't really surprise me. It's just now would oh, be no. a really, really good time for that. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, ah, oh, it would be. It would be mm-hmm. awesome.
0: I think it's a perfect package to sell the idea of sword and sorcery. Probably more so than than Conan at this current time. Like people are interested in that. What like Admara would offer something. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um I agree with that. I mean, let's have it all, right? Let's just let's that, get it. That's what these, I say, yeah. For sure. Let's Put get it all, all in the Big Ben and Jerry's bowl. And let's have <laughs> <laughs> Big old Ben and Jerry's <laughs> and have them all be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. So the uh, yeah, the Times article is a bit of a heartbreaker, but I would I would give it a read and uh, I mean it'll just be very interesting to see where where the legacy of this character goes, I feel in some ways we're sort of on the, the uh, precipice of, of it kind of gaining new notoriety.
0: What yeah. I would, I would say so. Um, I think, well, the New York times is a big newspaper mm. and a lot of people read it. So yep. a lot of people may have heard of Charles Saunders for the very first time. Yep. That's a right. good point. Um, and, and that can attract a lot of people, can also up the prices of out-of-print books. But I did notice, because we did go out and buy some versions of books for the podcast, I think I've bought three versions of the same book um, just for this um, over time. And I noticed that the Nightshade Press versions have suddenly become um, easier and cheaper. And I don't know if that's related hmm. or just coincidence, but, well, that's uh, what I'm
2: saying. I couldn't get them previous to this. Right, right. I, I yeah. When we talked about this for the show, I was like, all right, I'm going to try and get these again. And I could get them at a reasonable rate and shipped through Prime. So, sweet. Yeah.
0: When I first got... um, So, I got Amaro 1 on Kindle because it's there. And it's always going to be there. But I couldn't mm-hmm. find Amaro 2. And I actually got the, like, original print of Amaro 2 um as a gift and the person who bought it it was expensive it was like 50 bucks so, for this
2: i think what's happening here is that they're print on demand cuz i'm looking in the back of mine the Nike and it says ones are yeah well it says manufactured by amazon.ca bolton ontario
0: oh <laughs> that's new i think
2: yeah i don't so know That's
0: not the actual the actual one or like the original like 2006 print
2: right like yeah okay. It says, I mean, it's, um, it is credited as 2006 sure. first edition, but that piece on the back makes me think that they might be print on demand. It is a little skew.
0: That explains a little bit of how, like, so mine isn't printed a hundred percent perfect. Um, <laughs> my, the one that I just bought. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, that is interesting. so maybe that has something to do with it. Mm. Um, if you do go for the old ones, the the story City of Madness appears at the end of Amaro 1 in the old version, but at the beginning of Amaro 2 right, right. in the, the new version. So um, that story was why I have so many copies of Amaro 2, because I had to read this story. I ended up blowing through one got to as a gift but realized the story was missing because it got moved and so i bought the audible version just so i could hear the story um so like it yeah so beware like know what you're buying when you get it i guess so you get the complete experience
1: what a weird tale of like the his public his publication history right things are in out removed his he removed them you know, I mean, even like...
2: even the fact that he started in small presses and he was putting out stories—that'd be like me doing some uh, weird book publications for like ten years until finally someone lets me do a novel. Right.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
2: It's it's like that's it is a pro prolonged period. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just stars never aligned. Or various other things. Yeah, I'm that's sure that's what it feels talk. like. That's exactly what it feels like for, for you're yeah. uh, from like a,
1: an, an authorship point of view. It's just it yeah. just never lined up.
2: Yeah, and I mean that that can that can happen, right?
0: Yeah, um, it's just so tragic that this is so good, especially for like a community of sword and sorcerer readers. Right, it's mm. so good.
1: Like it's quintessential, yeah.
0: but like yeah. hard to find,
1: disjointed uh, in well, terms of publication. You know.
2: It's important for the same reasons he cited for wanting to do it right right oh yeah you, you've got to have this character and this sort of representation for a diverse readership right but
1: regardless you can want to do it but the execution has to be amazing oh yeah and, oh, yeah and that and that's just like for it to be good right and that's yeah that's where it is he, he like yeah. is just that good you can just tell that he poured his heart and soul into it. <laughs> And, and, and again, like the, ta- the the talent level is amazing, and and even yeah. even the yeah. smallest little details. Matt, you mentioned how um, he'll use, uh, you know, he, he'll use Amaro's language, right? Mm. Yeah, but, but it's not used in a forced way or anything difficult, and that's just like good thinking and good editing. And yeah. he always lets you know that's the word for the sun, and then reminds you yeah jew of the sun and it's always something it's always word comma the definition right yeah Yeah. and and then and you're always getting it and then it'll he'll use it a few more times but then he'll go back and remind you too which is like again that's just good thought it's good craftsmanship it's really just the 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 talent there it's almost got like a cadence yes Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: It's no, got, I agree. It's it's, it but, makes you feel like it's part of a world, and that like just that's how they would say it. Yeah. Right.
2: But the world like, building is organic. It's not info dumped. It is. Yeah. Uh, right. It's and, and yeah, that's absolutely right, Alex. It's a good point. Is that it's repeated enough that as the reader, you you hear it, you hear it, so that you eventually remember it. Yeah. You're like, right? yeah, chew of the sun, that, Chewy the Sun, Chewy the Leopard. That is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. You read some like Stephen Erickson or something. Uh <laughs> it there's a reason he has like
1: a glossary. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, especially that's a really good point. In a in a genre of like fantasy is broad brush strokes where you have uh, glossaries and, you know Maps, like maps And and uh, I'm thinking of um, The Game of Thrones books Where you basically have like a, a, The lineage chart yeah, like As well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like this just It just flows And you can just yeah. read it And you can enjoy it And be like, okay I feel like I'm part of that world And you don't need a reference book To, to do it
2: Yeah Yeah, yeah yeah, and, and sometimes too, like I'll I'll read some older sword and sorcery, you know, by various authors and it'll be a little cheesy or silly or, but I'll still enjoy it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: But this, I don't know, from what I've read of this so far, it doesn't really suffer from any of that. It's no, just no. pretty clean prose with enough of the sort of like, there, there's some of those Howardisms in there that, uh, you know, I was gonna say, are, are, f- are familiar, yeah. But. I was gonna
1: say, his his um, description of action yeah. is as good, yeah, is as good as Howard. Like, it's just so, like, it's so clean and, and it gets you. Um, one other another thing that I want to talk about, I'm just gonna do like a hard switch here. What do you guys think? So, we talked a little bit about, well, we're calling it sword and sorcery, I guess, right? Uh, we're at least playing with that. What do you think of. The sorcery, in the the magic system, if you will. Oh, Man,
0: it's cool. yeah. very cool. <laughs> yeah, it, I I I can't remember anything specifically as far as details go on how it works. Mm-hmm. Um. I do remember very vividly the color green, yeah. which and I loved.
1: To be to be fair, it's not a how it works kind of book, right? Right. Yeah. There's no, it doesn't spend pages telling you about the rules of magic in the world,
2: right? Right. And I, I never crave that. And, no, no, and, we, and, and
1: that's exactly it. We don't want that. But the, but the yeah. usage of magic is truly sorcery, and it, yeah, and it's yep. very much um, like a lot of times, like, uh, like animalistic. Like sorcery yep. turns into uh, snakes on your arms or something like that. You know, that sort of mm-hmm.
0: thing. Yeah. What well, there was a, I can't even remember. I, like it's on the tip of my tongue, but in the first book there's like um, some kind of like where animal or like human um, like water Buffalo hybrid. Am I imagining well, he's, that?
2: He's, he's fights that guy. Who's a sorcerer. And yeah. Kind yes. of turns into a beast man. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Uh, and he also so in like in in Howard, like we get hints that the sorcerers are like maybe less than human or are losing their humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some really good reveals in Amaro, where just showing exactly how much humanity the sorcerers have lost mm-hmm. in their dealings with otherworldly beings, like good body horror stuff. That's that cool. I dug, yeah.
1: And it's a yeah. very demon-driven sorcery right? like if yeah. you're if you're a sorcerer, you've made some sort of a pact or something like that and, and or sort of drawing from a, an unholy power,
2: yeah. Yep. one of the uh, little uh, pieces of mythos that I quite liked is there to be the Iliasai, you have to slay a lion. yeah, and by doing so, you are freeing the spirit of a warrior, I think to then go on to another life and embody somebody else. Mm. Yeah. It's like, that's rad. So it's like, when you do it, you are elated because you've also free to free to soul essentially. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Super cool.
0: It's a lot of stuff is very much tied to like the culture um, of the, the characters. Um, and I wonder, I don't know because I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I wonder how much is drawn from real world mythology. Right. Um, kind of stuff, which, that's what I love about Howard, that's what I love about Saunders. Um, I've told Matt and Alex here, it feels natural, like I can touch it, like it's real, and Mm it's very much part of it being anchored to some kind of mythology, something I can recognize. Mm. Um, I really dig that.
1: No, and I think that that's, uh, like, we should expound on that a little bit, because what you were saying before we went live was, you know, uh, uh, Conan and Amaro feel grounded, right? Uh yeah. in comparison to uh Fawford and the Grey Mouser
0: and Elric, Elric Kane, right. yeah.
1: That they yeah. those seem a little more fantastic and this feels like uh sorcery in the wheel in the real world, if you will, right? Rather yeah. than rather than some sort of fantasy setting.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um and that's difficult to do. It doesn't make any it doesn't make any of the other ones any lesser. No, 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 I still yeah. love those ones. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, the the tying two things that are recognizable. I it's weird that I do this, but like I smell it. It smells like wet dirt to me. Conan and Amaro smell like wet dirt to me. <laughs> it's that's, earthy. That's, yeah, it's earthy. Is that how that, you relate things?
1: Like. Do you relate by scent?
0: Um, not all the time, but some things.
1: That's very yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah. Like, like I,
1: I never like, think I I relate by probably sound is probably sure. my best thing yeah.
2: That's a, the that, sound of the sound of acid mammoth
1: yes, <laughs> the sound of silence. <laughs> uh, no that that's that was just a very interesting thing to give you sort of like yeah. you, you, describing it
0: through scent or, or taste yeah. in that case. Cracking open that book is like reaching my hand in some freshly tilled soil and going. Yeah.
2: <sighs> <laughs> yeah no but you make a i think what what i take from what you're saying is that like sword and sorcery is one of those it really is escapist literature um i think in that you you really do feel like you're traveling somewhere right you're 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 off to another world another place it's teeming with adventure and i don't know i i that's kind of the draw for me. Yep. Yeah. It's not endless dialogue, right? It's not all about grand sweeping narratives. It's adventures oftentimes in the wilderness or in mysterious places. Um, and I think it does have a smell actually, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here uh, first folks. The yeah, smell of The smell of sword and sorcery.
2: Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> uh, is that going to be? I hope one of you write the article for that. Like, in, in the just s- out, yeah, <laughs> the smell yeah, of I mean, scent I do of that. sorcery. Yeah, uh,
0: I'm not sure I could get it into like Grimdark magazine, but I could write that. No, you
1: should, and it should be called "Sentence <laughs> Sorcery." Sentence. Did I ever
2: tell you about the articles I did for Grimdark magazine? <laughs> no, tell us again, please. <laughs> not not in this episode. Yeah. No, yeah. No. Okay. Um, well, Matt does projects, guys. Yep. Yeah. Well, sentence yeah.
1: sorcery can be the next project. I like it. I like that a lot.
0: Um <laughs> That's awesome. So. So okay. if you haven't picked up anything from this, the main takeaway is that you should read Charles Saunders.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it <laughs> seems to be more accessible now, which is great.
1: Yeah, and I, I do want to, because I'm a big audiobook fan, um, uh, the narration on that those the first two audiobooks are top, top-notch. Yeah, um, really good. And, I mean, you really can't get too much better than that. Uh, the story carries... Uh, it is very expressive. Um, so again, and he's got a big, like, deep, boomy voice, uh, which is exactly how I would imagine Imaro to sound.
2: So yeah. pretty cool. Oh my god! If they do uh, announce a show, then <laughs> we, we cast? can have. yeah I was. <laughs>
1: who are we going to cast? Endless,
0: endless I was just thinking that
2: of who would play Amaro <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm not taking part. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not an invitation, everybody. Yeah. No, it
1: is, actually. It is. Yeah, it is,
2: actually. I'd be
0: interested to see. Um, It's kind of like, you know, do we go young and unknown? You know, do we want... Yeah, same same kind of thing you get with Conan. Well, Well, I
2: think, yeah. With Amaro, though, I think you have to go back... Farther, right? You've got to go back to yeah, because
1: um, he's a kid, further, like a teenager. Yeah, you're he? gonna play yeah. yeah a few a few rounds of his life for sure. Yeah. Oh,
2: and listen, if they don't start with that scene where his mother's giving him away, yeah, I mean that's a yeah. that's a heart. But then. that's you the gotta, sort gotta, of gotta stuff
1: play. you can do in flashbacks, flashbacks. or yeah. or you could do it. Um, you
2: could even do it up front, but like I would, I would actually that would be my my cold opening for sure. Yeah.
1: You spend maybe like your first episode with that, and then little te- like half of it in the teenage years, and then kind of get him into his twenties.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, listen. Hopefully, in a year or two, we'll have a episode of this show where uh, we're either talking about what we want to see in this newly announced show, yep. or uh, yeah, or, or having already watched it, yep. right? Fingers crossed. Yeah.
1: I always do wonder too, because they talk about Amaro being. Um, tall taller than yeah he's really really big big guy like so was saunders he was like six four was he really oh that's crazy yeah that's big i had no idea um but i but i wonder like i know you can fake height but i'm always trying to think about like who the right person would be with the height yeah yeah Yeah, i agree it's hard to do
2: no height is, is height is very important in my opinion but like
1: you, you said it yourself. You can fake you, it on camera. You
2: can fake it, but like
1: proportion, though. Yeah. Like height also yeah. represents like body proportion a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're not
2: going to convince me Tom Cruise is tall. It's not right,
0: right, 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 right. Yeah, right. <laughs> man, does he run good?
2: He does run well. Oh, the, <laughs> my
1: my favorite character too in Amaro One is speaking of height is the guy who's like a, the seven foot like the seven foot guy. Mm. Do you remember that he's 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 one of the bandits, Logan? Yeah,
0: yeah. He's one of
1: the, he's is. one of the bandits, and he he kind of like he's he's probably uh, Amaro's biggest supporter. Um, yeah, and I think they ultimately go separate ways at, at one point or another. Um, but like he like he was just described as such a cool imposing guy, like a tall, thin, seven foot monster. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, I want a story about that guy.
0: in the second book like you get this cool um he's like a merchant sailor that is like a part-time pirate um that's really sweet like there's some good characters um i guess we didn't really talk about it um i uh, i want to mention it. i know we're getting kind of long here um but uh in sword and sorcery there's kind of like that trope that like a different woman appears right
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm. amaro is dedicated yeah. to his woman. Yep, she's yeah. a recurring character throughout the entire series in one way or another, mm-hmm. and and we don't have that. So there's another little subversion there, I think, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. That's pretty cool too. Yeah, and it's nice to have a uh, like a, a recurring female character too
0: in there. Yeah, and then he has Pomfus, the pygmy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a recurring character as well, and mm-hmm. I like Pomfus a lot. He's he's funny, um, and and smart and intelligent. Yep. Like his characters are very fleshed out and real. Yep. The he I,
1: I was introduced in the he's introduced in well in what I have of book two, story one. Yeah. And yep. um, yeah, he comes off as a, as a very smart, uh, talkative kind of know-it-all a little bit. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah and and thinking about because you're right Amaro was a very tall individual yeah the, the standing side by side by this very short individual that's kind of a that's right. a fun image yep
1: yep yeah. and he's of course like stone silent versus the very talkative
0: yeah chatterbox yeah,
1: yeah. chatterbox good stuff <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> so that's cool well any other thoughts
0: I
2: don't think I feel like
0: we gushed a lot I yeah. mean rightfully so but that's what we did yeah
2: I mean I really dug it um, really digging it actually as soon as we're done here I'm going to go upstairs and read some more before yeah, I pass, I think I pass out good. five minutes later yeah it's old. getting late for you anyway <laughs> yeah
1: so anyway I mean I, just to wrap it up uh, you know if you haven't read these these books or uh, any of the tales by Charles Saunders you really should um, they're, they're very good if you can't tell um, and, you know, again, it's it's an unfortunate story of, um, you know, certainly uh, Charles Saunders' end, um, but, you know, his writing is phenomenal, and I think that the influence uh, has carried throughout the genre, and I think that's, you know, that's the big thing that, that's important to remember, uh, and then if we're lucky, we will get a television project as well.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I think I think as I said earlier, the um, the silver lining to the sad uh, recent um, passing of Charles Saunders is that I feel like it's Imaro and his his stories are going to live on, and I think that now is the time where yeah. they're going to kind of come come back um, and then spread out, so more more people will be aware of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Hope so. Um, there's also a short story collection taking place in the same place called Nyumbani Tales. Yes. Yeah. Um, so if you like the setting, there's more of that. Um, there's another fantasy series he started, which I think is more aimed at young adults. Um, and uh, there's one more. Oh, he is, has a couple stories in a anthology of Sword and Soul called Griots or Griots which is yes. a, a traditional african word for storyteller i believe nice um all of those are available on amazon so you know at at this point in time i imagine that people look at sales of these things okay and and judge it by you know do people want this so if you want it buy it and maybe we'll see some more mm-hmm. or projects you know rooted in this so yep you always got to support that's the key right Yep. If you like yep. it, you gotta support it. All right.
1: Well, in that case, I think we'll we'll wrap it up. I hope that everyone um, enjoyed um I you know, the little tribute that we we tried to do. Um, you know, and uh any thoughts on we'll give it a little tease. Any
0: thoughts on next episodes? Well, we've been really playing around with the idea of He Man and or Saturday morning cartoons. Oh yeah, no no no. I'm I forgot. I'm owed a Thundar episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's like, I don't want to talk about Thundar, but no. Alex and I are like yeah, we're doing Thundar. It. We're doing it.
2: It's not that I don't want to, it's that I don't have any frame of reference. You ha- you have all this time to watch the old episodes. I've been watching the uh, the Masters of the Universe two thousand two. Yeah, do oh, yeah. with yeah. with my kid. Yeah. In the last few days, it is pretty sweet. I got to get yeah. on that too. I've actually never seen that one. No, yeah. it's good. But I know it's I know it's very good. Good, good yeah. action. Yeah, it's uh, got it's got that one guy who does the voice. Like,
0: Excuse me,
2: princess. Yeah. Who plays <laughs> Prince Adam. Whoever that voice actor is, I don't like. Him. <laughs>
0: but uh, uh, other Prince than that, Adam's the worst that. part of He Man.
2: Yeah, I wish they could just make him just He Man all the time. Yeah. Anyways, classic rogues in the house. Uh, <laughs> detour at the end. Yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> so, just anyways, like what us. this guy who voices, he man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, everyone. We were, we were almost Ooh. respectable for a second.
1: I, I know, I know, I know. It's not. It's just not our style. <laughs> no. All right, everyone. Thank you very much, and we will see you next time. May your swords always remain sharp.